A very good morning to all of you. Well, we are very privileged that we can be together again and encourage each other because that's what we require each and every day. You know, life has got so many uh, challenges, so many depressions, and that's why we need to lift each other up and uh, encourage each other. Uh, this morning, <clears throat> I want to speak about endure for a harvest of righteousness. Now, when you hear the word endure or endurance, you may think about uh, tough things in your life. Maybe you have got challenges and you endure them. Maybe you are going through hardships. Maybe you are, you know, uh, trying to finish a certain project for a long time and there are so many obstacles and you endure in between. Now, what I want you to understand is that we must never focus on the trials, the temptations, the difficulties, but we must always uh, focus on what is our destiny. And I think this is really what we see even in the life of Jesus Christ. You know, we will read that in a moment. And, and that's why my theme today is endure. And we are not focusing on the things that we are enduring. Yes, they are there, they are real, but we are enduring for a harvest. We are enduring for a harvest of righteousness, actually, as the Bible has uh, challenged us. You know, we, we have our theme this year, and as you remember, I want to remind you again, you know, now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon us. So we are looking for a harvest of righteousness. And for the harvest, it's, uh, it's worthwhile to endure. Okay, I, I have grown up on a farm, and, uh, you know, uh, when, when you sow the seeds, uh, there is a lot of uh, waiting required, a lot of endurance required, until finally the harvest is going to come. And, of course, uh, many times you have to go into the field, try to make sure that the weeds are not uh, drowning out your, your crop. And, 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 you know, you need to understand that uh, there is... A, a journey of endurance that is uh, required. But we are not looking at the problems that are, that are ahead of us. We are looking at the harvest. And the harvest is really wonderful. And that's what we are going to study today. You know, we want to look at what the Word of God tells us in terms of uh, endurance for a harvest. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful presence, and we thank you, Lord, that your word is ever with us. Lord, that we can be able to read your word, understand your word, live out your word, follow your word, be obedient to your word. And Lord Jesus, this is my desire today, Lord, that we hear your word and that we are becoming doers of your word more and more and more. To you be the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I want to read today from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, <clears throat> a scripture that is probably known to most of us. <clears throat> the Bible reads here, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. Let us run with endurance. You know, when you're in a race and you run, 
and you are running with endurance, you are not looking at, uh, you know, your muscles or your, 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 your breath, which is uh, becoming shorter and shorter, but you're looking at your destiny, at the finishing line. So the Word of God says, and, run, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy <clears throat> that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Okay, in this scripture we have heard the word endure three times. Okay, first of all we are challenged to endure. And then of course we are uh, encouraged to look at Jesus who endured. He endured opposition from sinful men who persecuted him, who beat him, who nailed him to the cross. And yet, he was not looking at what happened to him, but he kept his eyes upon the goal. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. Okay, so he always kept his eyes upon where he was going. Not on what was happening around him at the moment. Not even at the pain that he was, uh, that he was uh, experiencing, which was very excruciating at the... Uh, this uh, moments in time when he was going through uh, the last few days of his life, but he kept his eyes upon that which was set before him, the joy that was set before him. That's why he could be able to endure the cross. And I think this is very important for all of us, that we are not looking at the challenge, the hardship, the problem, the trial, that you are facing, but lift your eyes upon Jesus. And you see someone who has endured. He also lifted his eyes. He was not looking at the problems that he had, but he was looking unto his father. And he endured, even in the most difficult times, because he knew what was waiting for him when he would be able to succeed. Let me also read from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 6. The Bible says, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Praise the Lord. Again, we have it here. There is a wonderful joy ahead. Even if you don't have joy right now, but uh, you should be, you should be able, able to uh, you know, become glad because there is a joy set before you. Even so, you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Okay, very interesting word, than mere gold. You know, a lot of people, they are doing anything for gold. But the Bible says that our faith is much more valuable than mere gold. Gold is just a metal of this world. Okay, it will pass away. It will never go into, uh, into the presence of God because God has everything there in, in abundance. So when your faith remains strong, 
Through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. That's a powerful word. So let me undermine that, okay? So when your faith remains strong, through the trials that we are going through, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, Jesus is speaking here. Since you have kept my command, endure patiently. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole earth or the whole world to test those who live on earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I'll write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. Well, we want to talk about endurance. And uh, I think it's very important that we understand what God is communicating to us with uh, these very uh, scriptures that we have just been reading. Okay, endurance is what we require. In fact, every human being needs endurance. And, you know, most of us, we had to endure uh, a long string of different challenges in our life. But remember, we keep our eyes not on the problems that, are, that we are facing, but we are keeping eyes, our eyes upon Jesus, the one who has endured. He endured the most difficult things in life. You know, I think none of us would ever be in a situation like Jesus has been. Hopefully, we'll never come into such a situation, okay? Where he was nailed to the cross, where, where he had to endure, where he was hanging there in agony and, you know, all his, his, his whole body was, was under stress. But he kept his eyes, not on, on his mind, not on the things that he was you know, experiencing in his body, but he kept his eyes and his focus on his destiny. Because he knew what is waiting for him on the other side. You know, this is sometimes a problem that we have. We don't really have a clear idea of what is waiting for us on the other side. You know, sometimes we cannot endure because we don't see the value of what we are going to receive, or what God has prepared for us. And if we don't see that value, then you would rather, you know, just chip out, you know, and say, I, I can't take it. But if you understand the value that God has given to us, then you will stay in the race and you will continue going. In the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 1 and verse 3, the Bible says, we continually remember before our God and Father your work has produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. 
endurance that is inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what we must understand is that God wants to build us very resilient. Our hope must be strong. And remember, I said this the other day, hope is one of those values, one of those wonderful things that will remain forever. As uh, Paul tells us in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, now remain these three things, okay? Hope, love, and faith. And the greatest is love, okay? But hope is one of those three very important ingredients. And you know, when we live in hope, when we understand what God has prepared for us ahead, then whatever is coming our way, we will be able to take it. We'll be able to withstand whatever obstacles that will come our way. Whatever, you know, the enemy will throw at us or this world will, will uh, try to discourage us, we will keep our eyes upon our destiny. We'll keep our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that will be able to make us able to overcome, to pull through, to come to the very harvest of righteousness that God has prepared for us. So we must learn to live in endurance, okay? And in one way or the other, we have all done that in the past of our life. You know, when you understand your own life, look back in your own life, you will see that you have been able to endure through many things. Okay? There is nothing that we can achieve without endurance or perseverance. Okay? Nothing. Look at your education. Okay? And uh, thank God uh, for your education. No matter how many years you have been in school, you know, probably it, were, it could have been 12 years. It could have been 14 years, 16 years, you know, with college and university or whatever you have done, or, or, or training, practical, vocational training. You know, imagine 10, 12 years, 15 years, 16 years. It's a long time. So the question is, why did you endure? Okay, you may say, my parents would not have allowed me to, to stay home. <laughs> okay, thank God for that. But... You know, uh, I think it's important that we are learning to become self-motivated. You know, for a, for a while, your parents will be able to keep you going. But there comes a time, you know, when you leave your parents' home, maybe when you have done grade 12, when you yourself need to decide, what do I do with my life? Of course, they could, your, your, your parents could send you to college or university, and, and you, you, you do it because you have to. But on the other hand, you should learn not to do things because you have to. You should motivate yourself to say, I will do it because I'm looking forward to the graduation day. Okay, I'm looking forward to be one day in that kind of profession. I, I'm looking forward not just to get my, my paper and, and graduate in a, a lavish ceremony, but I'm looking forward to be able to exercise the kind of calling that God has given to my life. And that is showing us what endurance is like, you know, what we, what we should 
what we should, uh, you know, look for in enduring in our life. So life in, requires endurance. And it's very unfortunate that many people these days are doing what gives them pleasure, what they like for the moment. Okay, and if, if it's something that comes in their mind and maybe they are being, uh, being uh, uh, introduced by friends, they're very easily doing things that are not really worthwhile living for. You know, sometimes the headline of the newspapers, the headlines of the newspapers, they make you shiver. I mean, this morning, uh, you know, uh, just as we were leaving, somebody is always bringing us a paper, and we, we see the headlines, and they make one shiver. You know, a mother kills her child. Okay? And there was another headline similar to that. And sometimes we can ask ourselves, are these people not in church? Are they not having a fear of God in their life? You know, there's so many things that are happening. I mean, you hear of, of uh, gender-based violence. You hear of, 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 of all kind of violence. And you wonder, why is all of these things happening? You see, this is why we who are of the Lord, we need to really be the light of the world. We need to really be the salt of the world. We need to really be able to endure. We must not hide ourselves, but we must be in the world, just like the salt is in the food and is going to make a difference in the food. So we must be able to make a difference. And that may be difficult at some time. Sometimes it's better you, you just withdraw and you let everybody do whatever they want, but that's not our calling. Our calling is that we are the light of the world that we make a difference in our world. And we have to endure doing that. You see, Jesus came into this world. He exposed himself to an evil world. Why did he do that? He didn't need to do it. But he did it because he loved you and me. Because he loved this world. You know, the Bible tells us in such wonderful words that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came into this world, he exposed himself. He came as a human being. You know, he was considered as one of us. And when he was walking through this world, so much hatred was flying towards him because he was standing as the light of the world. He was making a difference in the world. Now, he didn't need to do that. He could have said, okay, let me just walk around and see how people are living. But then it would not have made a difference. No, he endured. He endured. You know, when the, the very people that he was supposed to, you know, have a very good relationship with, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, because they understood the law, they understood the scriptures, and he was the fulfillment of the scriptures. He was the scripture, the word become flesh. It should have been very easy to, you know, feel in good company. But that was not the case. It was the opposite. And Jesus had to endure all the hatred. Even in his own city in Nazareth, 
as he was beginning to speak the word of God, his own compatriots in Nazareth, that was not a very huge city, but it was some, you know, it was a place where he grew up, where everybody knew him. But even there, they wanted to throw him over the cliff. Imagine. Because somehow they realized, you know, Jesus is not, you know, he's not fitting in like us. He was able to let his light shine. He was able to make sure that the hope that God had for this world was pronounced and that God was able to, will, to, to bring salvation and that's what he came for. Okay, so understand endurance is very important and the race that is set before us requires endurance. We have seen here that uh, New King James says there's a race that is set before us. In a, a New International Version, it says a race that is marked out before us. So in other words, the race that you run is not your own choice. It's God who has set it out. Now, you can decide not to run that race and go somewhere else, but God in his good planning has set a race out for all of us. And if we stay within the marks of the race, we are going to overcome. We are going to get a mighty and powerful prize. Okay? We are going to be able to have victory. You see, when you are running on a, on a, on a marathon, Okay, you need to understand where you are supposed to run. Okay, I, I, I heard last night that um, one Ugandan runner was uh, winning uh, the marathon or, or some long race, I don't know exactly what it was, marathon, uh, but it was a long race, and he was winning that race, even so he took a wrong turn. But because he was so far ahead, he was able to correct his, uh, his mistake and he was still winning, okay? But he had to go back to his, to his marks. Because if you're outside of the mark, you're not going to win, okay? You know, in a 100 meter sprint, maybe you just have to run straight. But in a marathon run, you have to go and, you know, follow the markings that are there. And our life is not a 100 meter sprint or 200 meter sprint. Our life is a long journey, okay? And in that long journey, we need to learn to stay within the marks that God has set out for us, okay? And whenever we are coming together, you know, we are comparing our lives with what the Word of God is teaching us, what the Word of God is, uh, you know, revealing to us, so that we are able to see we are within the marks that God has set. Because it's very easy to lose truck. I'm sure even that runner who, who went off in the wrong direction, I'm sure he must have been told by people, no, this is not the right thing. Go back. And he went back. And he still won the race. So, you know, in our life, we very often lose our marks out of sight. And when we are outside of the marks, we can't win we must go back to 
run within the marks, within the race that is set out before us. So God wants us to run that race and eventually come to reap a harvest of righteousness. And you know, where there is righteousness, where there is peace, where there is joy, that's where there is the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's where we can be strong and where we can be able to be encouraged and uplifted. And that's what God wants. Okay, and you know, as the book of Thessalonians has been saying, it's always being accompanied by other things. You know, there are three things which are mentioned here. Number one, the, the work produced by faith. Okay, and you cannot endure it if you are not living by faith. Okay, so this goes along with each other. Number one, work produced by faith. Number two, labor prompted by love. Okay, and our, our love should be seen in how we are, you know, putting an effort into helping others, into reaching out others, into, into making lives of other people differently. Okay, all of us have the capacity to, to bring a smile to somebody's face. Okay, to help other people. Now you may say, I, I don't have much, I can't do much, but you know, you live. You have a new day every day. God has given you grace. God is giving you food. At least you are not looking like you are dying uh, tonight. Okay, so you can share a little bit with somebody else who you know is in trouble. Or if you don't need food, you know, you can give an encouragement. You can give a word that uplifts somebody else that you know needs that help right now. Okay, a lot of trouble, a lot of misery could be avoided if there would only be people who are going to encourage others. You know, sometimes I wonder when I see these headlines, these terrible headlines in the, in the newspaper, uh, most of the time you don't know the background, you don't know why this has happened, what could have uh, been the cause for this, but I was just, sometimes I'm just thinking, if there would have been at least somebody who could have spoken a word a word of truth, a word of encouragement, a word of even rebuke, that should not have happened. Okay, but it's like people are on the loose. Okay, they have no more guide rails. They don't know where the marks are. And they do whatever comes in their head. And you know, when you are running within the marks that are set out by God for your life, you cannot do things anyhow. You know what is right and what is wrong. And God wants us to live a life of faith, you know. We need to produce work through faith, not through, through just hard work alone, but through faith. Because, you know, it's, it's that which is going to last forever. Faith, hope, and love are eternal values. So we should labor prompted by love. And a lot of trouble could be avoided. You see, it's when people cannot be advised anymore or will not be advised anymore. You know, sometimes people become very big and yet people are afraid to, to tell them the word of truth. But if there would be people who tell those people who are bent on violence, the truth of the word of God, things would not be the way they are. 
Do you know that you have influence? Maybe there are people in your, in your neighborhood, amongst your relatives or friends, or the people you are acquainted with. And you know there are some people who are living on a very dangerous trajectory. You know, they are very dangerously living by walking on the, on the cliff. And it's very easy for us. It should be very easy for us to encourage them. To tell them, listen, there's a better way for you. And we need to learn to do that. As we learn to endure ourselves, we need to help others endure again. Life requires endurance. I'm here today because I've endured, okay? I could, have, uh, I could have stopped a long, long time ago, you know? I, I remember at, at, uh, after two or three years of, of us being in Zambia, people gave us a lot of challenges, and, and, and some of them, they told us outright, uh, you must stop, and uh, some of them, they prayed that we go back to Germany. But then, you know, that was not God's call for my life. God had marked a way out for us, and we said, we're going to stay within the max. And the people who prayed these prayers, they failed. Just like the people who nailed Jesus to the cross, they failed. Hopefully some of them got saved. You know, hopefully some of them uh, got delivered through uh, the grace of God after the day of Pentecost. You know, but others, they remained in their sin and they died in their sin. But Jesus stayed his course. And likewise, God wants to, us to stay our course. Amen? Do not give up. Okay? There is, a, there is a harvest of righteousness waiting for every single one of us. Titus chapter 2, verse 2, Paul is writing to Titus and he says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love and in, and in endurance. Very important. In love and endurance. These are values that often are not seen. You know, we, we live in a world where respect seems to be no longer a, a great value. You know, I remember when we came 1982 to Zambia, you know, uh, one thing that we were amazed of, how, how young people would, uh, you know, show respect to the, to the elders. Of course, you would not be able to see whether it's true in their heart, but, but at least they did it. You understand? But today, respect is almost gone through the window. It's no longer there. It's hard to find. It was no longer what it used to be. You know, I mean, when you see sometimes how young people are addressing elders in our society, it's very shocking. That's not supposed to be the case. So, Titus is being encouraged to talk to the men because the men need to set the, 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 the parameters, okay? To be temperate, worth of respect. 
You know, when you look at some of the men who are supposed to be respected, of course, then you also realize why respect is not there, because they are no longer worthy of the respect. Sad, isn't it? God wants us to be self-controlled, sound in faith, sound in love, and be strong as we endure. That's what God calls us to do. So we will never win without endurance. Okay, we'll never win without endurance. You know, when God created Adam and Eve, he prepared one powerful way directly to the tree of life. And they would have had life continuously flowing into them as vessels. They would have seen the greatness and the joy and the love of God continuously. That was the plan of God. But then they sidetracked. They went outside of the, of the path that was marked out for them. And they went to that tree that God says, no, that, that's not a tree. That you must not eat from. But they sidetracked. They left that road that was marked out for them. And they engaged with this tree that was promising them to make them clever, to make them wise, to give them, you know, open eyes, which were all lies. Because what that tree had was death, destruction, and pain. And that's what they inherited. Because they could not stay in the way, they were not enduring in the way that God had put before them. If they would have stayed in that way, you know, that tree of life was waiting for them to give them a mighty and powerful inheritance of righteousness. And where righteousness is, there is joy. Where righteousness is, there is fulfillment. There is happiness, you know. There is a deep sense of satisfaction because we are able to do what God has meant us to do in the first place. You know, God is a God of righteousness. He can't be otherwise. Otherwise, he would not be God. And he wants us to be like him. He wants us to be his very own children, his very own sons of God, male or female. Okay? To walk in his ways. So, Peter says that we should endure trials. Okay, trials. I think we all know what the trial is, isn't it? It may not necessarily have a trial in front of a court of law, but there are trials that we are facing every day in our lives. Difficulties, hardships, problems. And, and Peter says, you must endure those many trials and then he puts a disclaimer there. He says, actually, it's just for a little while. Okay, what does he mean when he says for a little while? I, I, re I remember having talked to some people who are telling me, you know, I've gone through this for years, you know, and I, I seem not to come out of it, and uh, this thing doesn't end. Is that a little while? When it's taken months or even years? that you are going through a trial, through a hard time? Is that a little while? 
It may not look like a little while. It may seem to be a long time. But I want you to understand that you must put our trial into perspective. Okay? We don't know how long Job was suffering, but it must have been quite, quite a while. Okay? Until it finally came to an end, we, we have no clue. It's not being told uh, how long this took. But then, it was far too long. You know, when you're in such a problem, even, even uh, one week is too long. Sometimes when you are really in pain, even 10 minutes is too long, isn't it? So if somebody says, no, it's too long, I, I, can't, I can't stand it anymore, you must put it in perspective. Because, you know, God is preparing us for eternity. And eternity cannot be measured by a number of minutes, by a number of days, weeks, or months, or even years. You see, in, in the light of eternity, what we are experiencing in this world is very short. Very, very short. Okay? I always thought life is, is long. Okay? When you are young, you know, when you are looking at, at, at some of the different generations, you say, oh, this one is old. You know? And you, as a young boy, you think, ah, oh, I'm, I'm young. You know, I've got all this time still ahead of me. But, you know, you grow older very fast. Very, very fast. And when I look back now, you know, over my life, you know, I, I thought people who I looked at, who are now the age that I am, would be very old. Now I'm saying I'm not very old. Okay? In fact, uh, mom told me, becoming old is only when you are going beyond 85. And I'm not yet 85, so I still have, I, I, I still have uh, 20 years, okay? Isn't that good? So. I'm, I'm telling you, you're not old, you're, you're youth. You're young, okay? There's still a lot of time waiting for, for us. And yes, of course, you know, time is fleeting. Time is passing by very, very quickly. What we must understand is that when we go through hardships and we feel it's too much, never look at what seems to be too much. As I said in the beginning, always keep on looking towards the end. Always see where you are going, why you are going through what you are going through, what it is for. And Jesus was going through the hardships of his life. He was facing the, the hatred of, of his compatriots who were supposed to, re, to welcome him and love him as the Messiah. They were actually waiting for the Messiah, and yet when he came, they nailed him to the cross. But Jesus did not look at it. Okay, yes, he experienced the pain, no question about it. It was, it was heart rendering, you know, it was tearing him into pieces. If you read Psalm 22, it, it gives you know, a description of what Jesus must have felt when he was hanging there, I, he says, I can count all my, 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 my bones. I'm completely out of alignment. The whole body is stretched and, 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 and in agony. But then he did not give up. 
he endured. One of the biggest battles that Jesus had to fight was actually not on the cross, but before he went to the cross. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed, and he said, Father, if it is possible, if it is possible that this cup passes me by, and you know what the cup was really all about was the sin of the world. All my wrongdoing was in that cup. All your wrongdoing was in the cup. The, the sin of the whole world was in that cup. And Jesus knew exactly what it meant to drink that cup. Because he could not drink that cup and still be in relationship and fellowship with the Father. That would mean he would be separated from his Father. And that was giving him such agony. Because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have been in unison from eternity's past. We, we, we cannot imagine that. And they are living together in harmony, in fellowship, in, in an amazing, wonderful way of, of love. And now came the moment when Jesus was to become our Savior, but for him to become our Savior, it needed him to identify with our sin. It needed him to stand on our behalf and drink that cup. And that was the agony. Because he knew that when he would do that, then he could not remain in unison, in fellowship with his father. Okay? That was the problem. And that's why on the cross, when that finally happened, when he was drinking that cup, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But of course, the father could not be in unison with Jesus at that moment in time because he was made sin on our behalf. You know, he took our burdens upon himself. So you can imagine the battles, the trials, the difficulties that Jesus faced. And he had to motivate himself because there was nobody to motivate him. Remember, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he went with his disciples there, with, with the, those who he was closest to, and he says, please come and pray with me. Stand with me. But they couldn't. At the end, Jesus had to stand there all by himself. Not even the closest of his disciples could be with him. Could even stand with him for an hour in prayer. And you know, this shows us how often we get so weak as human beings. How often we, we, we are allowing ourselves to be influenced by outside circumstances, by our own weaknesses. And God says, endure, endure. Okay? Don't give up. So for a little while, we must endure many trials to reach the joy that is prepared ahead of us. You know, before a car can be sold in a, in a, in a you know, 
in a showroom or from a factory floor. It needs to go through all kinds of tests. Okay, there are tests that are called stress tests or crash tests. Okay, uh, if you want to see that, actually, I'm sure you could uh, just put this into, uh, into YouTube and you would say crash test. You will be able to see so many different videos which are showing you how cars, you know, beautiful, nice, brand new cars are run against uh, a concrete wall or against uh, some steel pillar. Okay, there are no human beings inside. They keep dummies inside and the dummies have wires all over because they want to measure how is the car behaving in such a situation, okay? So before you are buying a car, they want to be sure that that car which, uh, which uh, you are buying is actually protecting you, okay? When it is crashing, it must not hurt you. It must just crash the car, but not you, the passenger or the driver, okay? Or there are stress tests where they are uh, putting amazing forces against uh, those, those different, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the body that has been formed to make sure, will it be able to stand the test of time? I remember some time ago, I think it was in the late 80s, we went to, to take uh, food to Luangwa, uh, and uh, the road down along Luangwa River, it has been very, very bad. I don't know how it is today, but uh, it used to be very bad. And you know, it was this road uh, which you call corrugated road. And we came with a nice truck. And that truck, you know, it carried a lot of bags of food and we uh, distributed that food along the way. But when we had gone down to Fera or Luangwa, okay, and then we came back again and we you know, stopped in different places and finally we had uh, taken the whole load off. By the time we came back, the truck was broken in different places. Okay, it had, it had a chimney behind, you know, after the, after the cupping, the whole thing was broken off. Because the, the shaking of that road was so bad, it was not intended, that truck was not intended to be on such a road. It was intended to be on a, on a tar road, you understand? but it broke. So you can imagine, when you are not going through the stress test, okay, because you may be coming on roads which are so tough in your life that you are, that you are uh, being shaken and things want to break inside of you. So that's why, you know, we go through these trials because God wants to build us, make us strong, okay? So we go through stress tests, we go through crush tests, we go through tests, in order to keep our faith strong. Okay, that's the purpose behind it. Because God wants to show that our faith is not fake, but genuine. Okay, you, you, you understand there's a lot of fake, fake stuff in this world today, even in the churches. A lot of fake faith. Okay, sometimes people are uh, you know, demonstrating certain miracles, but they're not miracles, they are stage-managed. It's fake. And God says, no, 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 I'm go not going to allow you that. I'm going to take you through the, through the stress test. And everything that is not real must break off. Everything that is not proper must go. 
Because God wants to have genuine sons and daughters in his family. Genuine, okay? Are you with me? So our, our faith must be proven to be genuine. Not to be wonderful when it's shining, when the sun is shining and, and uh, totally disturbed when, when, when the weather is bad. We must endure. You see, this is, some, this is a message that I, th I think is very important for all of us because sometimes we get so much, uh, you know, influenced by what is around us. You know, the surrounding uh, makes us sometimes not good to go to church because, you know, I'm tired or um, I've worked hard through the week or what have you. But, you know, this is the most important moment in our week. Because this is where God is building us up. This is where God is here to encourage us. This is where we are going to be fit, made fit for the next week. You know, somebody said, oh, I feel so bad. I can't come to church. That's when you need church more. You know, then you can, you can leave everything else, but you must be in the fellowship of the believers. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrew, we are not of those who shrink back. We are not of those who are leaving the fellowship and the relationship, but we are there because we know we'll get encouraged, we'll be built up. And you know, I think we all, all of us, we need to do some work to help some of our friends who have become slack or become tired, who have become indifferent, okay? Speak to them, put fire on their life, okay? That's what we need, okay? If you don't see somebody, just say, oh, well, I, don't, I haven't seen him or her. You know, no, actually, give him a call. Give her a call. Such say, hey, we missed you. Because if we are not getting encouraged, if we are not getting built up, if we are not together, you know, how are we going to demonstrate the very work that God is doing in our life? And that is important. So 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12 says, we work hard with our hands. And brothers and sisters, let us work hard, okay? Let us even work to encourage our brothers and sisters. We work hard with our hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. Okay, maybe some of the people, maybe you have been hurt by somebody, but, you know, that's the kind of person that you need to go to and bless. Okay, if you have been hurt by somebody, go and bless that person. Okay? That's what Paul says. Okay, we work hard with our own hands. You know, Paul was the apostle that God had called, and, and, and most of the New Testament was written by him. He was reaching out. He was not doing his business. He was, doing, he was doing the work for the Lord. But because people were often lazy to support him, he supported himself. He worked with his own hands. He made tents in order to raise enough money to go on the next trip and uh, preach the gospel to the people beyond. So he said, we are working hard. And when we are cursed... We are not cursing back because we are not 
people of curse. We are people of blessings. Amen? My question is, are you blessing others? Are you blessing those who, you know, who curse you? Maybe they don't even curse you, but they're not, you know, they give you hardship, they give you difficulties, but nevertheless, bless them. Okay? Right now, write down some two or three names in your life who have been hard to you and go and find a way how you can bless them. You know, there's always a way how you can bless somebody. Even if you just write a small card and says, you know, uh, put, find a nice scripture and says, my friend, I love you. I'm there for you. If you need help, call on me. That's a blessing. You understand? And there are many other things which we are all capable of. You know, if you're a child of the living God, if you have been a follower of Christ, you are able to be a blessing. And God requires you to be a blessing. Okay? So, Paul, Peter, Paul says, we have not been, we have, we have been working hard with our hands. We, when we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. Because we know it will have to do something in our life. And when we are slandered, we answer kindly. You know, anger is a, is a difficult animal, huh? Because when you get annoyed, you know, uh, maybe somebody annoys you, also get annoyed. And then it, it, it accelerates and, you know, you, you, you really come to a point where, where things are uncontrollable. But Paul says the way you can stop anger is by answering kindly. Can you control your tongue? Can you control your mind? Can you control your emotions to answer kindly? And I know, you know, we are all human beings. Am I right? All of us, we have got those challenges that we are facing. All of us, we are, we are you know, in the presence of, we, we know difficult individuals. People who are hard to live together with. You know, whether it's at work, whether it's uh, in the community, whether it's at home, you know, there are always these people who are very, very difficult to live with. But God allowed them to be there so that you answer them kindly, so that you bless them, so that you can help them to transform their lives. And who knows? They might be shining even brighter than you could have ever imagined if we do if you do, if you do our work. Okay? Paul says, we answer kindly. Is that up to this moment we have become the scum of the earth, the refu refuse of the world. That's how people consider us. But he does not make this bear on him. He does not get discouraged about these things, but he says, no, I want to be a blessing. I want to answer back kindly nevertheless. And that's what Jesus has done. That's how Jesus endured. Jesus was on the cross and he could have been very annoyed with them. After all, I mean, all that pain, imagine. About to die. But even these last words, some of these last words that he was able to, to, to bring forth from his lips, is as Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. 
These people were there in anger. They were in jubilation because finally they were killing the, the man they hated so much. There was the, the, you know, the anger whipped up by the leaders of, uh, of, 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 of the synagogues who, and, the, and the temple who wanted to see Jesus die. And there was that emotion against Jesus. But thank God, Jesus prayed. <clears throat> Father, forgive them. <coughs> Isn't that amazing? When were, we, when were you last made so annoyed that you wanted to really <clears throat> use your fist or say, if I could, I would? When did you go through a situation last? I hope it's a long time ago, but it may have been yesterday. Okay? It may have been this morning. It may have been last week. Whatever the case may be, learn. Let us learn to say, Father, forgive them. Because they do not know what they're doing. So we need to endure hardship as the discipline of God. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 17, endure hardship as discipline. And you know, many times when we think about discipline, we think about somebody beating somebody else. No, actually, I don't think we should think about that. We should think about somebody who is doing a certain, you know, sport. Okay, if you want to be a runner and you want to win a medal one day, you have to go into discipline. You have to discipline your own body. You have to do certain running every single day. You have to make sure that you keep your body under control. You understand? That's discipline. And the disciples were called disciples because they were living in the discipline of walking with Christ. Okay, that's the, what the word disciple is all about. And you know, Jesus is, 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 is showing us that walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, we are required to discipline our lives, okay? In fact, the, the stick should only be the last resort, you know? I mean, it's always better when you can tell your child, please, this is not right. You discipline your child by words. Then you don't need a stick if it works. Only if it doesn't work, you know, then you may have to do something more. And of course, the Bible says, don't spare the rods. Of course, we are living in a modern world where people are saying you must not beat your children. And I'm not saying you must beat your children in a, in a, in a reckless way. No, but you must give them clear guidance. And even the Bible says that we need to guide our children, you know, so don't spare the rot. So discipline may include that. It's better if it can be the discipline of the word. And that would be always uh, hoped for. You see, Jesus was disciplining his disciples with the word. Okay? He gave them the word. He said, what did you talk about on the road when we were uh, coming to this place? And they didn't want to answer because, of course, they were arguing amongst themselves who is the greatest amongst us. So that was discipline. You understand? Jesus, you know, challenged them. Okay? Tell me. What did you talk about? So... Hebrews says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. Praise the Lord. You know, if you're a child, obviously discipline is required. 
And as sons of the living God, we need to go through discipline. There's no, there's no other way. There's no way around it. The Bible says here, for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. Okay? I remember, you know, my, my brother was one and a half years older than me, and of course, you know, we, you go through... Uh, different times in life where you become very, very reckless, you know. There are certain age groups, you know, which are, can do anything. And I remember we did some very stupid things, you know. Uh, we, we did all kind of uh, trouble, you know. We had, a, in our neighborhood, there were another uh, uh, good number of boys. And sometimes when we were on the, on the road doing things, eh, you know, it was, it was not good outcome. And I remember one day, you know, we were on our way back home. You know, before, before we came home, mas the message of what we had done had already reached uh, home. Okay, our father was waiting. Okay, and he gave us a, a good hiding, you know. Uh, not to say a good beating. <laughs> okay. And I remember when finally we were licking our wounds, you know. We were talking to each other. We were going somewhere hiding in a place. And we said, hmm. Maybe this is not our father. <laughs> okay? Because as children, you think, you know, uh, daddy must always say, ah, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, he must not always say it's okay, it's okay. He must, he must keep us under discipline, isn't it? That's what a true father is going to do. And, you know, often as children, you don't understand why you're going through a situation like that. And, you know, haven't you often ask yourself, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? You know, you think something must happen and it must just be removed. Any, any, any difficulty that you are facing, it should just come out. And it doesn't. And you wonder why. Because God has a purpose for everything. Just like a father has a purpose which children may not understand, but eventually you will understand. You know, today, I must say I'm very, very thankful to my father that he got that nonsense out of us, <laughs> okay, because that was some bad stuff that we would have been capable of doing if we would not have applied discipline to our lives. That's what God is doing, okay? A good father, a true father, will definitely discipline the children. Otherwise, it would be illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all have had human father who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. Okay? Remember I said in the beginning... When you're enduring hardship, when you're going through tough times, always look at what you are going to expect at the end. What is the destiny? And the destiny is that we should be like God. We should share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at a time, but painful. Later on, however, 
Okay, I can say that in my own life. Later on, however, okay, at that time when we were children, we were annoyed about, about our father. We said, no, this is not our father. Good. But later on, we realized that it produced a harvest that was good. Okay, and in this case, when God is disciplining us, allowing discipline to happen to our life, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Okay? Strengthen your weak arms and knees. Okay? That's our responsibility. You know, when we go through discipline, strengthen yourself. Because God has called us into fellowship with him and share his holiness his righteousness the joy I mean the Bible tells us there is joy in heaven when one sinner comes to repent isn't it and you know we read that but I think we have no clue what kind of joy joy unspeakable we find when we finally get there you know, we cannot, we, even the best moments of, uh, in our life cannot compare what we are going to, to go into experience when we are finally be un, being united with our God. So God gives us hope and encouragement through his word. Romans chapter 5 verse 4 tells us that very important. That's important. That, that, that is what I want you to, to not forget as we are living uh, today. The Bible says here, Romans 15 verse 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. Okay? This whole word is here to teach us. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So the scriptures are building hope and hope allows us to endure. Okay? So there's a, there's a roundabout uh, way of how God is doing things. So the word of God is really important. We cannot neglect the word. We cannot neglect the scriptures. You know, that's why we need to be together in fellowship. And yes, of course, you can, you can read at home. You can watch television at home. But it's not the same. You know, the body of Christ is a family. It needs to have touch. I mean, you can't have a marriage where one of you is here and the other one is uh, somewhere on the Antarctic or in America or in China. And then you live like that for the next 20 years. It's not, not going to work like that. Okay? No. You know, we need to be able to be together. You know, love needs touch. You need to have this hug. You need to encourage each other. It's very important. And while all the communications that we have today may be a blessing and may be good, at least in certain ways, they can never really replace our relationship, our fellowship, one-to-one, -one, you know, or in a, in, a, in a congregation like we are. We are the family of God. You know, we are a household. And as such, we need to be together encourage each other and meet so that we get what God has prepared for us. 
So remember what Paul is saying. Everything that was written was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. So that with one heart and mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What I like here is that uh, Paul repeats these two words, endurance and encouragement, you know, just in the next sentence, okay? Both words are there twice. And whenever God is saying something twice, it's like it's underlining, it's being bold, okay? Don't forget that. So brothers and sisters, we are here in this world. And while we are in this world, we have trials. We have temptations. We have challenges. We have hardships. Things are not always going our way. Sometimes we experience anger from others or even ourselves. But in all these things, we need to keep our eyes upon Jesus. He endured for the joy that was set before him. And we should endure because when we do endure, then we are enduring for the harvest of righteousness that is waiting for all of us. May God richly bless us. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we look up to you. We are every time getting encouraged when we see you, Lord, how you lived, how you went through all the difficulties that you are facing in this world. Lord, we are even encouraged when we realize, Lord, you left glory behind. You took off the divine garment. You became human. And you had to go through all of the challenges and hardships of this world, including the bad treatment that came from sinful men, including the nailing to the cross at Calvary. But Lord, you endured, of, you endured all of this because you knew that you would bring us salvation. You knew that you would be able to go through to the other side where there was joy waiting for him, where we are going to meet together and be one as the body of Christ. People who were far away from God are brought near because of what you did at that cross, because of your endurance. And so, Lord, we are so grateful that you give us this word of encouragement today. Lord, help each and every one of us that we are keeping our eyes not on the troubles that are, that are just before us, but, Lord, we keep our eyes on the harvest of righteousness. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So, Lord Jesus, we are grateful for your wonderful work 
that you continue doing in our life. And even if we sometimes feel it's hard, it's difficult, Lord, we know that you're building us as human beings with a genuine faith that will be able to stand the test of time. To you be the glory. And Lord, we are thankful. Thankful for what you have done and what you continue to do to us and what you have prepared for us when we have finished our race here on earth. Thank you, Jesus. And everyone say, Amen.